Welcome everyone to the first episode of the Candor Podcast, where we will get real, get candid, and talk about all things company culture, including our own. Uh, so this podcast episode will be mostly introductions for myself, Sam, John, and Felix, who are all on the Candor team. Um, we'll tell a bit of our own stories. We'll tell you about Candor because what are we doing if we don't plug candor on this thing? Um, and then we'll talk about a couple of, of cultural things that we're currently experimenting with at candor. I'll get us kicked off. Um, I'm Kelsey. I'm the founder of candor and, um, started candor about two years ago. And my inspiration for starting candor was all around company culture. So really about can we find company culture that fits for us, one that works well for us, teams that we love working with? Um, because in my experience, it has all been about fun Fun work times have been teams that work well together. And kind of the opposite teams that didn't work well together for me were not so fun and kind of the worst parts of my career. Uh, so started Candor really to focus on finding teams with great company culture and finding teams with culture that would work for me and, and yeah, for, for users of candor. So, so yeah, um, I, I'll pass to Sam, um, Sam, just do like a quick introduction, um, on you and, and what about candor kind of resonates. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm Sam and I have a background, uh, I've been an artist all my life. Creative is just in my blood. That's who I am. I work in brand and marketing and um, really have like focused myself um, on a mix between digital, um, digital space and also um, physical. So material goods, doing like hands-on work and lettering, calligraphy, illustration. Um, so I do a bit of everything and coming to Candor was really important because I, for a lot of my career, I worked as an independent freelancer, contractor, um, so a lot of the time I was executing on my own and it was really important me, for me to find connections when I was doing, uh, engagements and, and projects with others. So, uh, when I was looking for a team, um, Candor's mission was not only did I look for that for the team itself, but like the mission was really important because I knew how, how incredible, you could be by having the right people with you on the journey. So everything, everything meant a lot when I, um, it meant a lot when I was joining Candor because I was like, I'm 100% behind this. Um, and yeah, so every time, every time I'm with you guys, it's like, it means a lot because it's like the, the experience of it all is what I believe in and I have for my, for my whole career. Hey everyone, uh, I'm John. I lead operations at Candor. Um, and prior to joining this team, I had pretty sort of squiggly career is how I kind of uh, talk about it, I guess. Uh, probably had uh, yeah way, way too many different kinds of jobs, but I uh, always kind of branded myself as a, as a generalist. Um, so I spent five years uh, working in kind of massive companies, uh, big, big kind of uh, consulting engagements, uh, fixing uh, culture and, and product and, and process problems. I always feel like huge, huge companies. And I, I really enjoyed the work, but didn't really enjoy... Uh, the, the sort of size and some of the bureaucracy that you get with with companies of scale, and so I kind of started on this quest to sort of find well, where does where does John fit? Where does John kind of belong? And uh, that quest kind of took me from you know half a million employee size companies to the 
right to the kind of uh, start of startup to sort of zero zero to ten ten people type type size, and I kind of fell in love with with that stage. And while I was kind of uh, exploring um, exploring and kind of figuring that out, uh, I actually kind of that's when I met Kelsey and kind of connected with with her and and, and kind of what she was building and the, and the vision and mission here, and it just sort of all kind of fell into place. Kind of being on this uh, quest to kind of figure out where I belong. And she was kind of looking to solve to solve that problem at, at scale, and she was at the scale that kind of all made sense for me. So it was kind of a perfect collision of uh, wh- where I kind of felt I, I kind of belonged, if you like, in the world versus the the vision and mission of what we were building. So uh, yeah, that's that's me, and that's uh, that's kind of how I came to how I came to the team. I'll pass the mic to <laughs> I'm Felix, Felix uh, product designer. I got picked up in my midstream in my journey as a freelancer, uh, quite like Sam, but it was more recent than Sam. Um, I switched to freelance as a result of COVID. Um, I was working in New York at that time and then kind of realized that I was no longer in New York and I was still working for an office that was so keen on having me work in person. So basically... Uh, I'm exploring this idea of traveling and finding others, uh, finding my place with others that I work with, even if I don't work with them uh, in person. Uh, if there's a idea of working remotely, um, that's that's really where Candor comes in. Uh, so I, I met Kelsey in person in Mexico. <clears throat> I'm in Mexico right now, uh, but the the whole idea was that Kelsey wanted to f- create a company that actually creates a sense of belonging, even if you're not necessarily in person all the time. And even if it is, I've, you know, I've, I've had a career of working for people that I don't necessarily feel like I belong with anyway. So, uh, these were very large meaty themes that I just wanted to explore. Um, and Kinder is the perfect place, uh, perfect platform or solution for what we're trying to do here. So that's, that's why I'm here. Love it. Okay, so we've got some different threads going here. There's kind of the threat of belonging. There's the threat of remote work. There's the threat of working for a team where you really just don't fit. Um, But I guess the whole point of this podcast is really talking about cultures and kind of the, the pieces of culture that might work for you or might not. And I think there's this really interesting thing that happens when you've worked at a company that that doesn't fit which is you start realizing kind of the different points that you that you hate that don't jive with you. Um, so I thought it, you know, could be interesting if we go around and kind of talk about like either the things that that didn't work for us at, at last companies or like cultural things that just like sucked, you know, like did not jive. Um, and and then after, you know, kind of think about how we've been shaping our own culture and like things that do really work for us, um, things that we take a lot of pride in, but like also might not work for everybody. Because I think culture is is not good or bad. It is truly just like different. Um, so, yeah, I think it could be just fun to like relive our trauma, talk about things that didn't work uh, <laughs> and then and then, you know, be really grateful that that we've tried to create a place now that that is different. <laughs> A block of time before I came on to Candor, I was with another company, and then I had experienced some smaller uh, contract roles with a few other companies as well. Um, and that was really eye-opening because before that, it was just me on my own, do what I want, led how I wanted to, and worked collaboratively with the you know the people and the partners I did. But then going into more um, longer-term roles with companies, I really started to understand like 
this big talk about culture and why it was so important. So a few things that I encountered that stick out as, you know, shaping me or shaking me, if you will, um, <laughs> were just, yeah, shaking is the correct term for it, um, was really like when I had constant shifts in like the hierarchy of the structure of the company that really affected my role. It was just a lot of like changes in positioning around me that constantly affected what I was doing day to day or week to week. And I just hated that because I was like, I'm here to do a job and I actually care. I care about the thing I'm doing. And I felt like I was part of people management or something. <laughs> I didn't feel like I had a voice in selecting the team or the people that came on or the people I got to work with. It was like prescribed constantly. And every time it was prescribed, there was like a 90% chance it was not a good fit or uh, that's how I felt. And there were like dozens of those prescriptions. Um, so it was constantly feeling like I'm trying to get to know this person. I'm trying to get to understand them and collaborate and figure them out. Um, but then ending up like on the end of, okay, I've realized we're not quite a fit. Now what do I do? So it's really important to me to have a voice and like, or a choice in like the people you work with. Um, and that only comes with understanding. So that's one of my big point pain points that, uh, I'm definitely very aware of now realizing like, I look for that now. I look for ways I can actually choose or shape or be involved with like the formation of the team I'm on. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Sammy talks about kind of structure and hierarchy as well as kind of attributes of company culture that you're kind of now now really aware of based on kind of your experiences. And I think that that kind of learning loop sort of reflects my, my own kind of view as well. And that there are now, there are certain things based on kind of previous experiences at companies that I've kind of codified. I know now to like run, run a mile from, I guess. So uh, I think one, one example just to kind of follow on from you there was um, like about focus. So I kind of, I kind of, um, I remember I used to ask these kinds of questions that would elicit um, signal on whether a company or a team or, or a leader, actually, if, I, if we're in that kind of stage of interview, whether they were like very, very internal focused or very, very external focused. And uh, I once spent uh, over four working days, so like probably 40 hours or something with a, with a friend of mine at a previous company um, preparing this like pitch deck basically internal pitch deck to get this to get this product off, off the ground and all of the conversation was about how do we make sure this lands for these very very senior people that we were going oh, to like, present for like the whole the whole thing was like choreographed it was all about like oh my goodness uh what's person x gonna think if we like land the information like that like that the whole thing was kind of all about like the, the, the internal kind of politics, if you like, oh, if we say it like that, his whole, that his whole function is going to be annoyed. Or if we say it like this, then, you know, oh. it's going to like land awfully with them. So like, we were like, you know, literally kind of like going at this thing for, for days. We were just like completely obsessed with it. And we did the thing and, you know, it, it got, it got off the ground and it was like, everyone was happy. Great. But then I remember reflecting on that, just being like, that, that was, that was wild. We just spent like almost a whole week completely focused on like a keynote as opposed to like anything to do with actually the, the, the product. And like, um, 
I just contrast that to like an, an external focused like team where you know the like Canada like us at the moment you know our conversations are just like wildly the opposite direction like it's it's all about like the you know the the, the folks that are the kind of um you know play, playing on our platform and then it's our community and I just think that's such a such an interesting attribute it kind of sounds obvious but like once you're savvy to that you can kind of ask questions around it and so I'm kind of like fascinated by that as like one of these um to Kelsey your point one of these sort of components of what company culture is um, yeah focus I guess. yeah playing the game of politics for the sake of you know yeah. showing off to a leadership team oh my gosh <laughs> This sounds like my personal hellscape. <laughs> exhausting. This sounds just exhausting. Yeah. I feel like the the transition to consulting or contract work for me made it even more obvious because uh, I've come to realize that people typically only are contractors for a handful of reasons. And most of them are not not for your actual worth as a IP or a, you know, a person that actually can produce a service that is of value. Um, and I want to just, I'm going to piggyback off both of you. The, the, a large pool of my trauma was basically being the deck boy, uh, which is insane. Like it's, it's actually, I think it's almost like a trauma that a lot of designers actually share, but it's just like, for fuck's sake, like, why can't you actually make your own decks? Like if you're a founder, if you're trying to like fundraise, why do you need a designer to make a deck? Like, how incompetent are you? And I remember sharing okay, like noted Felix, never gonna ask you for a deck. But you never have, Kelsey. Like that's the thing. Like, no, I never there's, have. There's a lot Thank of God. Thank God confident that's why we're people so working that just like I need to present this thing, I need to ask for money, I need to actually like display this thing, or even as you do like your, you know, your your uh, your shareholder type of or sorry, investor updates. It's not like you come back to me and it's like, Hey Felix, uh, here's like my talking points. Can you like dress this up and give it some pizzazz? Like it's like, are, are you kidding me? Like, but the thing is, it's so crazy that this still happens to this day. And it would be like, oh, I'm going to hire you on a contract that says point by point, like do these product design things. And then the moment that you start is like, okay, why am I making you a deck? <laughs> like, why are you, what is yeah. this? <laughs> and it's, it's like, this is, this is thematically for me, like the, how you not belong. Because it's just like, one, I'm not here for what I thought I would be here to do. And two, you don't actually understand my worth at all. Um, and it's funny because when you say your contract is like, well, you're here for like a very specific role. You don't really, you, you almost limit the amount of like emotional baggage that you're supposed to bring with you. Uh, and vice versa. But it's, it's like, this is like a traumatic point for me. It's, it's that why are designers treated sometimes as the deck people? <laughs> decks are like it's almost like i have to write things for you like are you are you that stupid that you can't just write things for yourself like aren't you my boss like how did you do this we know the pain point is so real i can i can totally relate though because that happened to me at my other jobs but i think what it is too is just like um it's like a playing to understanding getting to know a person understanding their strengths playing to that and also having a conversation about like how we can support one another. Because I personally, I do understand sometimes where it's like that last 10% of a deck that like the, that other people can't get over because they just, because they're not creative. And I don't mind jumping in and like adding, you know, adding the touch-ups, right? But like, I hear you, Felix, because that was me too. It was just like someone couldn't like, I once had someone ask me, a leader, like 
the the top of the top ask me to add a period into their deck. <laughs> a period. The point is, is like, I think it's just an ongoing conversation, though. The pain comes from your handed things that were not part of the agreement. Like you came here to do your your thing, right? Like your expertise in a certain area. And I think there's nothing wrong with supporting each other and going little outside here and there. But it's a matter of like, then you're dumped with things that were not part of that agreement and are also not part of your strength, right? It's like a wasted time when they can certainly in many ways do the lift themselves, right? Um, so yeah, that pain is so real. I feel that. <laughs> John, you have a, a saying here and I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like everyone like, like goes through the mud or something. Like everyone has like elbow grease. <laughs> what, what? Is the, what is the saying that you have? Oh no, there's, um, I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember who okay. I'm stealing this from. So it, it, is de it is definitely someone else's. It's definitely not mine. This is a core value from, from a startup. Um, uh, I think, think in, in, in the UK's co culture and um, one of their statements is uh, everyone, um, everyone chops wood and carries water. And I, I always remember it. I can't remember the name, but, but I always remember it because it kind of, but it perfectly encapsulates what gives me energy about great teams and included in great teams. I, I include like great, great leadership. And that's kind of what we're talking about, I think. And it's like the whole no, no jobs too small. Um, you know, do what needs doing, you know, it's just because your role type X doesn't mean that you like draw a tiny little box around yourself and go, well, anything that, you know, the, if the team needs something that's outside that box, I'm, I'm not, I can't do it because I'm Rolex, you know, it's the complete opposite, opposite of that. And, um, I had this, I had this, I worked for this amazing person. Um, she, she was brilliant. She's one of the best, best kind of managers I ever worked, um, worked with. And, and she, she used to, um, she used to do this thing. I'll never, never forget it. Uh, she used to just come up to you randomly, like not, not every week, but like once a month probably. And just say like, look, what, what's something you really don't want to do today? Or what's something that's really like, like, you know, um, you really don't, you're really like not looking forward to. And like, she'd either try and make it go away or she'd just like do it, <laughs> like take it off your plate just once. And it was like, it was, it was sim symbolic. And it, like, you just remember that. And, and I always thought, wow, yeah, that's someone she's prepared to like, just, she doesn't care about hierarchy. She doesn't care about status. She's just like prepared to, to help. And I always really resonated with that, like style of management, I guess, leadership. I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I feel like that's so empathetic. That's so, yeah, I'm going to steal I'm, that. I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing because it's just like, imagine that I wrote, uh, I don't want to do your deck. <laughs> it's like actually her deck. <laughs> like in my, in my lift history, like that's, that's actually the situation. It was like, of course, if someone, if my leader was actually as uh, self-aware and mm. forward thinking as that, <laughs> it wouldn't happen anyway. I think what's so wonderful is like our culture is a conversation. It's like a living thing. It's not something that's prescribed to everyone, which I think at a lot of companies it is, unfortunately. It's just you go and the culture is the culture and or what I'm using quotes, air quotes, because <laughs> like I think it should be formed by the the body of people, right? Like the group of people versus something that's like, this is how we do things here. And, and you have no choice. I feel like that's just, I, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good to me. 
and also see culture change, right? As you're there and not feel like, again, you're part of shaping it. It's different if you go in, I get it. I get what they're saying. I'm going to go in and try to work with this, but it's different if you go in and then it's changing on you and you have, you feel like you have zero, zero control of that or voice in like forming that, right? That thing you're doing together. Yeah. One thing that I love about Candor's culture is the autonomy, because I think my, one of my traumas from, from my past companies has been that, like, you know, here's your lane, you stay in it, don't venture outside of it. Um, and especially in startups, I mean, that is such a weird thing to say to people because there's so much to do. And also your yeah. job changes every five minutes. And if it doesn't, you probably like aren't, <laughs> aren't moving fast enough. Right. Um, I know John, John probably feels this too, but I, I always say like my, every, every time I get good at my job, it changes. Um, mm. and if you don't have the autonomy where you feel like that's okay, you, you know, rev your engines and spin your wheels on something that's no longer relevant, which, which feels funny to do. Kelsey, did you share your trauma? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking, I was thinking the one that comes to mind is, uh, nice cultures and nice teams. <laughs> the concept of nice never really sat well with me because it feels so fake. Um, and I hated when people like clearly had an issue with something or someone and it just never got aired or voiced. Um, you, there was no feedback culture and it was kind of just like everyone had to be nice to each other and we don't do conflict here. We don't fight. We're adults, you know, let's shove everything under the rug and <laughs> pretend it's all okay. And, you know, nice you know, when you're a child seems like it makes sense. And when you get into a workplace, you're like, oh yeah, everyone's very professional here. Um, and actually I found it nice was the least effective way of actually dealing with people. Because if you can't deal with conflict, if you can't bring things to the surface, then everything just festers, right? No one's actually happy. Everyone's kind of like, one one-on-one -on -one with their work BFF away from quitting, right? Because everyone's kind of annoyed about the situation, but but nobody says anything, and so it goes on. Um, yeah. So yeah, cultures of nice do not do not drive well with me, um, and I think that's why you know, like candor is is quite the opposite of nice. Candor is it's kind, but it's very honest and it's open, um, and and that's what I love most. And call it the New Jersey and me. I have no idea, but, um, yeah, I think, I think things are way better just like said out loud versus, um, you know, being nice for the sake of being nice. Well, yeah. I would, I feel like nice culture, <clears throat> it's nice until they basically have to flip, like they, they have to lay the hammer down. And then right. now you're like, <laughs> you thought you were doing okay. Cause no one ever said anything. And then all of a sudden you have a performance plan on your plate. <laughs> You know? Right, right. <laughs> and performance plans. Yeah. It's just like you're already on your way out because performance plans is usually not like it, you cannot recover from it. Yeah, yeah. no, that's like a legal way of of, <laughs> of yeah. letting someone go, but taking two weeks to do it because you're being nice. Exactly. <laughs> as a as as the resident like Brit here, like we we have a lot of this. This is like kind of inherent in our society. Like <laughs> stiff upper lip, don't don't you know? It's not a problem. You know, we, we we have all of that. So you see this a lot in 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 UK like startups. In my, in my experience, like maybe more than maybe their US counterparts. Um, I think uh, one of the things that I think is really toxic, toxic about about it is that, to Felix's point, um, you, you can kind of be like over the edge and already kind of falling to hit the water without knowing about it. And people are kind of making assumptions that you do, and that's not that's not fair. That, that really like grinds against like 
my kind of core values of like tr- transparency. Um, and you're like, you're operating on the basis that people can mind right. read, yeah. which is crazy. Like, yeah. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make sense. Um, and I was thinking, uh, what, the one thing I really love about, about our team's way, ways of working is that, uh, we, we look, we look for this really early in, in part of like work, work trials and, and, and kind of our hiring process. And just remembering, um, I, w- I won't, I won't put him on the spot cause he's not here, but there's someone who just joined us recently. I remember it was brilliant at this, like from day one. And, and, and he just said like, uh, uh, see if you can guess who I'm talking about, by the way, he just said like, I'm seeing this thing. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Can we make that's this better? A, that's a tough one. Right? I wonder that who was it is. His whole life. <laughs> and it's just like, it's such a nice, right. not, but not nice. <laughs> it's such a like great way of, um, of, of communicating and, um, managing conflict in a healthy way. I yeah. think it's awesome. I think there's something around like, uh, openness and fairness here too, because the sooner it's like the sooner you air these things or address them, the sooner they can get resolved or explained. And so you're, you know what you have to deal with. Like we've been talking about being nice just for the sake of it is really, you're, we're assuming like you're holding things in for the sake of like just that, making people feel good in a moment when actually the longer that sits, the longer it's going to cause trouble or bring things up down the line. So I think when someone joins a team and they're already like in a respectful way, there's a difference between like nice and respectful. And I think everyone here on our team, which I, that's what I love so much is it's like, it comes with respect. It's like, I might not be, I might not understand all the decisions you made or how you arrived here. One, I'm looking to understand, and I'm going to ask you in a way that's not aggressive. It's not, you know, but I'm going to also share my feelings, right? Where I'm in in the, the moment observing this thing and, and ask the questions, right? So I can understand better, like how, how this came to be or how, again, how we can work together to either resolve, support, or acknowledge. So yeah, that's for me, the big difference is like one that it's like, we talk about things in the moment or close to in the moment. We don't let them sit for weeks. It's like, bring it up. And then two, that it's done just respectfully. And that's, yeah, that's why I admired in some of the work trials with, yeah, people is like not afraid to do that. And I'm like, embrace that. It's like, so that's so critical for how we function and how we solve problems um, in the moment and not not let them ruin what we're trying to do in the long term. So I love conflict. (laughs) It's like definitely part of my personality is like, I just, I don't mind conflict at all. And I think that, you know, in, in some of the work trials that we've had and for our, our probably very few listeners at this point, but, um, for our listeners out there, <laughs> we do work trials and, uh, a work trial is basically a two week, um, work trial where you, you come on the team, we pay you and you kind of work like you would in the role. Uh, and you kind of see how we work, we see how you work and kind of at the end of it, both each make decisions on whether we should move forward in a full-time capacity. And in some of the, because obviously, you know, a work trial could end and be like, Hey, this isn't a good fit. And there is like inherent conflict in that. Right. And so 
a lot of these conversations that I've had, I'm, I've had to get more comfortable being like, this doesn't work for like this kind of very intangible reason. We've worked with a lot of people who are great at their jobs and aren't culture fits and having like that type of conversation, even though it's, it's uncomfortable and like can feel like conflict. I find that when I am super honest with people and like, Hey, you know, this is a cultural value of ours. I didn't see it in these scenarios that I was hoping to see it in. Um, people actually respond quite well to that versus, you know, when I try to hold back and, and, you know, try to shield their feelings or something, um, you know, people might get more frustrated with that. Yeah, you're being upfront, you're giving them the information and reasoning. I think that's fair. And someone who's mature, and also wants to stay true to how they work and their values is going to like, acknowledge that and accept it. And I remember there was a moment as we yeah. were developing the values, Kelsey, that uh, we did some trials. And then one of the candidates were like, well, because we didn't actually have a fully fleshed out set of values yet I mean, mm. like all the sub sub points of what each value represents and i remember that distinctly because we we're like we don't have the words for why this felt wrong yeah and I, I just right. I, I wonder if you know who i'm talking about but it was like yeah you know so much feedback very very uh forth like very very forthcoming with the feedback very um very eager to actually make this thing happen but yeah. what is it what was wrong with that like what, why why does it feel off and mm-hmm. I think that's how we landed on the sub point of you do it with kindness. So it's, you, you have to be, you, know, you have candor, but you must present yourself with kindness. And that was, that was the thing that was missing because it was like, yes, you are full of ideas and it was like contributing to moving the, the product forward, but it just wasn't very kind. <laughs> it was just very harsh actually. Yes. And it made me think we never ended up codifying this, but I thought, you know, how we say we are this, but we are not that, the we are not part should have said something like we are not Wolf of Wall Street, you know? Totally, totally. It can be direct and it can still be respectful to Sam's point. Um, And I think in that particular scenario that you're talking about, uh, one, one learning that I had was our actual value was, I think it was something like be direct or yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Be open, be direct, be honest. And to your point, we basically had to, up until that point, done a lot of work trials with people who were shy or didn't really tell us what was on their mind. And then in this particular work trial, we had the opposite where they were like too direct and, you know, they were too honest and it was, it felt reckless. Like it felt rude, but we were like, well, actually like maybe they just have so much of our value. And it was, it was confusing. (laughs) I think it basically meant we didn't have our value yet. It was still emerging because right. we we had that written down, and this this person had like ample amounts of that value, but clearly it wasn't the right value because it still felt wrong. I right. think it was like being able to like me- understanding how we were measuring it, yeah. like where where on the scale was it too much? Right? We didn't. I think like I have to assume like everyone else on the team felt the same way. We're like we actually before that person didn't imagine that was a thing to be maybe, um, uh, but like witnessing it and understanding it and then also measuring it with the other values. It's just like you, we really had a broader picture of like what we were actually looking for. And yeah, we weren't there in that moment, but then it proved to us like we need to get 
our feet on the ground with this going forward. We need to actually like go a little deeper with each of our values and understand how we're measuring it. And we should, we should do an episode on how we came up with our values. Uh, John, you can walk us through your beautiful type form. All of the creative questions <laughs> are, are beautiful emojis that match the values. Um, yes. and, and also talk about the rubric we ended up coming up with, which was kind of like not having enough of the value, having too much of the value and, and how we, how we thought through that. So um, but yeah, uh, thanks everyone for joining for, for episode one, uh, look forward to having more culture conversations, more candid culture conversations. Um, and, and yeah, thanks everyone for joining us.